I'm Chris. I'm John. I like YouTube. I like movies. I love Avatar. I like a nice character-driven drama. And this is Media High. Welcome everyone to episode three of Media High. Zero, zero, three. Count it out. One, two, three. One more time. <laughs> zero, one, two, three. Because we started with episode zero. We did. Technically. Technically, this is episode like three and a half slash four. All the true fans out there know about episode zero. Oh, archive <laughs> episode zero. Welcome to this week. John, do you have a hypothetical for us? I do, but I always want to go second because... Mine leads into it as oh, well. Oh man, which one of ours leads into it better, do we think? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll go with yours. You think yeah, mine so, leads yeah, into it better? Yeah, I trust you. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask mine first. Oh gosh. My hypothetical, if you had to redo one show as an animation or an animation as a live action, oh, what would you choose? That's a good, fun one. Redo an animation as a live action or... The other way yeah. around. And I have one for both because I couldn't decide. Oh my word. What are yours? Well, I think so, okay, it. so mine, my, I would want to change the Star Wars The Clone Wars, the um, Cartoon Network show, okay. into a live action. Gotcha. And I would want to mm. hopefully be better than the movie. Am I right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Star Wars at some point <laughs> in the future episodes. Um, and I would, I would change... I would want to see Game of Thrones as an animation, as as like a uh, the animation level of like Clone Wars, like that age, like teenage age, and it would be level the same well. content. It wouldn't be like a uh, a comedic version, Mm-mm. like no, no, a parody. No. no, 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 like Game of Thrones, but you like you could do so many cool things. But with it actually an is. animation. Oh wow! I've never really watched a an animated drama, okay, in fantasy before. Right, that's why I think it would do amazing. That would be, uh, that's something I've never really considered. Wouldn't it be um, cool? I th- it might be cool. I think uh, Arrested Development. As an animated? As an animated show. <laughs> sure. I think would, would just do really well, because you really yeah. wouldn't have to change much, but yeah. you could do way more like crazy family guy <laughs> like, Simpsons like type stuff. Like Burgers, yeah. Yeah, for you sure. could do that type of stuff for with sure. it. For um, sure. My that's hypothetical... Funny. It sort of is similar okay. to yours, but different. Uh, if you could bring one TV show back from the dead, what would it be? Like they did with Arrested Development. Yeah, right. If you could bring one show back from the dead. I, I would say Newsroom, but I think it had a, it had a really good ending. It, it ran its course. It did. Um, this is tough. Avatar ran its course. Um, Young Justice is coming back already. Okay, if I had to choose, I think um, there's a show called Lie to Me. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it. That's, okay. uh, who's, is it Don Cheadle? Um, is that who it is? Maybe. No, that's House of Lies. Tim Roth. Oh, it's Tim Roth. Tim Roth, Kelly Williams, Monica Raymond, Brendan Hines. It's so, okay. and it's, it, it ran, I think, two seasons, and nobody knows about it. <laughs> And it's really sad because it is a it's a great so great you want, show. You want lie to me back? I would take lie to me back. Um, I thought about this a lot because there's there's two for me there's two ways of thinking about it. One, much like you thought about it with lie to me, there are shows that you never felt kind of got their proper mm-hmm. you know proper go yeah. at it, 
and sh- like a show like Arrested Development, which was like prematurely just like knocked off the air at right. like even the height of its popularity. Right. But then there's also one where like selfishly you just want to see more, more of that of, world yeah, and more of that absolutely. universe. So for me, it's Seinfeld in that way. Oh, sure. Like I would love for them to do like a 20 year, 25 or 30 year, whatever it's been. Yeah. Like where are they now? Season just I, one season. I've never watched Seinfeld. Oh, I've seen I think one episode, oh, but it's so good. See, they did like a one last season, like ten years later of Gilmore Girls. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, and a was, year in the but life, it, but it was bad. Uh, I mean, you know, I think I think that was more for people like myself with Seinfeld, where it didn't matter if it was good or sure. bad for the majority of people because sure. they just wanted more of the universe, okay. and that was sort of a mix. It was for people who wanted more of that universe, but also, did you know that that had to be done because the story wasn't complete? Because with Gilmore Girls, this is how you know I'm married, um, with Gilmore Girls, the original idea that, I don't remember the creator's name, that she had, it started in her head as she knew what the final line would be mm-hmm. of the TV show, which is, uh, Mom, what? I'm pregnant. Uh, Amy Sherman Palladino. Yeah, that's right. He's the creator. Thank you. So that was the final line. She knew that uh, Roy would say to Lorelai, Mom, Lorelai would say what? I'm pregnant. That was her first idea of it. Wow. So she knew that's how it has to end, and yeah. she sort of worked back for, backwards from there. Yeah. But because of like rights issues and so many things, it ended abruptly with season, season seven. Right. So there was a big campaign to bring it back so she could finish it the way she wanted yeah. to finish it. Okay, so... Um, Logan, Dean, or Jess? Jess. Jess? 100%. Okay. Um, Air is, I think, Team Logan. It's, she just yelled She yelled Logan. it from the other room. It's a hard, it's Logan hard for me. Logan is a douche. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dean is a douche. I mean, but Dean, Dean is the worst. But Dean was also 16. Watching Dean on screen is like, just hurts me. I am a team, I can't decide between Jess and Logan. I'm team Jess because look at what a great father he became in This Is Us. Okay. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Okay. Anyway, if you haven't guessed, um, this week on Media High, we are talking about television. TV shows. TV shows. Which really, I'm already realizing this, we really should have had Erin here for this episode because (laughs) she is the queen, the TV queen. Like, my wife watches more TV than anyone that I know. She is the tween. The TV queen. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got a, I've got a question to kick this off. Okay, Hit it's me. a pretty simple question. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite TV show <laughs> on air? But it specifically on, on air. air right now. On I think that right I know now. your answer already. Do you? What was that? What What do you think? Game of Thrones. Possibly. Okay. Um, however, Game of Thrones has recently. So I I am a big Game of Thrones fan. Have been for a while now. Um, not from the beginning. Uh, Aaron and I, we discovered it probably when it was around season four or five. Mm. We really got into it and we binge watched like boom. We got through like four seasons in no time. Um, And now we watch it, you know, religiously. However, I, and maybe we've touched on this a little bit. In recent seasons, I feel as though Game of Thrones has begun to appeal to the lowest common denominator of viewer. It used to be this very intelligent show uh, that was just... I think with, that you've used those exact words. Oh, yeah. I, I always yeah. use those exact yeah. words when talking about it. Yeah. But now it's way more about, like, you know, when are they going to sleep together and you know, things like that. It's like what happened to Walking Dead way earlier. Yeah. Like, Walking Dead went basically by season three. It was like, 
what's the coolest way we can kill somebody, yeah. you know, which yeah. is kind of boring to me. So because of that, I don't think Game of Thrones is actually my answer. Two answers that come to mind right now are Veep, which is okay. which actually took some time off. Um, that's, on, that's on HBO show, HBO, right? yeah. Um, which just recently got through it, caught up on Veep, and it's so good, so funny. And the other one that I have recently really gotten back into is BoJack Horseman, which season five just came out last week. What is BoJack Horseman like? BoJack Horseman is an animated Netflix show. Yeah. A, about a... Um, about a guy, an actor, who was basically on a sitcom back in the 90s. Like a, He was basically Danny Tanner of Full House okay. in the 90s on this show called Horsin' Around. Because in this universe, uh, humans and animals like coexist. So there's, animals are so it's kind of like a Futurama type universe, okay. but instead of like aliens, it's, it's animals. animals. Interesting. So Bojack, is voiced by Will Arnett, has a horse head and a human body basically and there's people like cat cat heads and human bodies Mm. and all that stuff but there's also humans um but it's essentially about this washed up movie star or washed up tv star and his just crisis with like figuring out how he can learn to be happy really Mm -hmm. um so it really mixes it's like a family guy or a simpsons or futurama in that the creators use comedy to make comments on society yeah but it's different in that it really is so character driven Hmm. and and plot driven over the course of seasons like you wouldn't just like i would watch just one episode of family guy or simpsons i wouldn't do that with bojack you kind of have to watch everything in context Hmm. because they're telling one long story yeah um it's a show that i have laughed while watching it's also a show that i've it's like one of the only animated shows that i've cried while watching because mm. it's really really good i don't know if i've ever cried in an, at an animation i show. know it's because you haven't watched bojack yet. yeah um gotta get in the what about you what's train. your favorite show um right now? on air uh, on air i think i think this is savvy i think it would probably be this is us really i like on air i don't watch a lot of i, I don't watch a lot of shows that are on air right now. I've only ever watched the pilot episode, I think, of This Is Us. Did you like it or no? Uh, I liked the reveal at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's it's not really my kind of show. Yeah, it's not really my kind of show either. <laughs> That's why I don't... Don't want to say it. It's yeah. not really my kind of show either. So, but like on... But I really don't watch a lot of shows that are on air right now. I think that's the only one that I'm... If I haven't mentioned enough, I like Newsroom a lot. <laughs> um, like, I'm watching through that right now. I'm watching through Studio 60 right now, which I also have mentioned, like, five times. Um, I watch through The Office and Parks and Rec mm-hmm. every other month. But I don't watch a lot of things that are on air right now. And besides, besides This Is Us, maybe Clone Wars or Young Justice, because they are coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love both of those as well. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's an interesting sort of thing to talk about as well, in that probably about 10, even less than 10 years ago, that's how everyone was thinking about television. It was, my favorite shows were shows that were currently on the air. Yeah, right. But now, I mean, people could consider themselves to be TV heads, but not actually watch anything that's currently yeah. on the air. Is TV heads a term? I don't know. Okay. I'm just like, you know, a person no, no, that loves TV. For sure. For <laughs> sure. We're TV heads. But, but someone could consider themselves to be someone who loves television, 
but they are li- they are living through watching shows that are already off the air. I think that like I would Office. consider myself that. Yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily watch current shows. I mean, I I really prefer a show that is already done so that I can move through it at my own pace. Yeah, John moves through TV shows. <laughs> um, he does I not do. mess around. I get in the universe, but then I'll take like three months off and I won't yeah. watch. Like it took me uh, several years to get through Silicon Valley because I would watch eight episodes in a day and then I wouldn't watch it again for like four months. Yeah, But right. I like the the control of that. You yeah. Know. So, um, favorite show on air right now. Do you have a different answer for favorite show of all time? Yes. Can we can we do top five of all time? I can do mine first to give you a little. I do. You have your top five. I ready? have my top five ready. <sighs> yeah, I have go my top ahead. five ready. I don't know if I. I can't promise that, that I'll have. That's top totally five. fine. Okay, so my top five right now, right now, Veep is in my top five all time. It's number five. Um, just finished it. Really, I just watched all of Veep in the last year. Um, really caught up, and it is just. So funny. Uh, it's it's very, very, very raunchy for people who haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it is a show that I think is worthwhile, and I'm making the case for it because it is so good. It's worthwhile because they use humor to point out truth. And even if that humor is a little raunchy, if you're willing to deal with some very raunchy language, and really it's all just language... Uh, then you will get underneath that language to discover the truth and the comment that they're making about our political system. Mm-hmm. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus is so good in it. Mm-hmm. Like, she won 700 Emmys for it, and I would always get frustrated when she would win year after year, which shouts to the Emmys. They're on tonight. They're on uh, tonight? They're on tonight. The Emmys? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the Emmys are on tonight. Uh, she absolutely deserved every single one of those Emmys. So number five for me is Veep. Number four, Lost. Now, it's a bit sentimental for me. Okay. It is a flawed show. For sure. It is very flawed. There's deep, deep internet research that you can do <laughs> on how much Lost doesn't actually make any sense. Yes. However, it is a nostalgic show for me. Yeah. And it was really the first show that I can remember like binge watching in the like 21st century way of binge watching. Yeah. Like I watched Seinfeld all nine seasons or whatever because I owned the DVDs when I was a kid. But with Lost, I like streamed it using a Roku in college. Yeah. You know, so it holds a special place in my heart. So Veep number five, number four is Lost. My number three all time is Game of Thrones, which it is the only one on my top five that is still currently running. Okay. Um, is, my, is Veep not still running? It is, but they took some time gotcha. off, okay. I should say. There is gotcha. one final season of Veep that will be coming out, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Number two, all time for me, is Seinfeld. I've talked enough about yeah. it. Um, it. I think it, I mean, it's obviously very, very good, but it also, I think, r- sort of revolutionized that genre of television, the yeah. half-hour comedy. Hmm. Um, and did that, did, what year did that come out? Oh, what year did let Seinfeld me, start? Like, 90... Let's see. Guess it. Let's see if you get it. Ninety one. No, it was probably before that. Let's eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. July fifth, my birthday. But two years before I was. It was meant to be. It is meant to be. Thank you, Jerry. Um, (laughs) Seinfeld's so good. It's just. It's very funny. It's not for everybody, but it really is a mix of very, 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 very fun. A very funny show where the acting is also just phenomenal, even by Jerry himself who is not an actor. He's a stand-up comedian. And my number one show all time is Breaking Bad. 
without a doubt. Have you watched Breaking Bad? I haven't. Breaking Bad is one of the best shows of all time. Okay, I've so I've been frantically looking. To... You can keep looking. I'm gonna give some oh, honorable. Mentions. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, but my on. honorable mentions. Black Mirror is an honorable okay. mention for me, um, mostly because it's such a like, it just engrosses me in its universe every single time, um, and it's a very unique show that really could be in my top five. New Girl is also an honorable mention for okay. me. I just it's good. It's I, I just love those yeah. characters so much. Yeah, you know, like you really New, get attached. To New them. Girl is like the. It's friends for the the late aughts and early 2010s, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. It, it's like our right. sort of generation's version of friends. For sure. BoJack is an honorable mention uh, okay. for sure. I think by the end of season five, it, it might creep. It would definitely be in my top 10. Okay. And then, <laughs> this is an interesting one. The Wire is an honorable mention for me, even though I haven't watched it. I just know because of how much I've heard about it. I know it will be in my top ten at least, if not my top three. When you watch it. When I do watch okay. it. Okay. Nice. I just haven't watched The Wire yet. And yeah, I know we'll I mention to. I'll I'll mention the wire again later. I just know I have to. Um okay, I have been frantically trying to scrape <laughs> together a top five, which I don't have. I'm sorry, I should record. have prepared you. No, it's this. okay. Um these are in no order. I'm just gonna list some shows that I do think would think. be in the do top five. Think. Um can we all say it together? You already know what it is. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Newsroom, everybody. <laughs> Taking that top spot. Um, I really... Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I can't go watch it. Um, Avatar Last Airbender is also in the, the top five. Only sure. The only experience I have with Avatar Last Airbender was the movie that came out. Terrible. The terrible You have to never movie. watch that and only watch the animated show. I think I've that, heard it's really I good. think it was a little like just past your yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's and it was and really, also it, just outside of like my niche of sure, things that I traditionally sure. enjoy. It's it guys. Guys, Avatar Last Airbender is seriously one of the best animated shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will prove that later on in the episode, <laughs> but it is so incredibly good. I will prove the, that the, subjective the, statement. The character, <laughs> the character, the character. Oh my gosh, the character development, um, the plot, the world building. It, it's so good. Okay, I'm gonna move on. Newsroom, Avatar, um, The Office of has to be in my top five. Mm. Um, I think it probably is for a lot of people. Oh. For sure. That are between our ages. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, I mean, most of my friends, The Office is like their favorite show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, so those are the only three I know for sure would be my top five. I'm guaranteed I'm like forgetting some other ones that should be here. But I guess, of just honorable mentions, I guess, are would be Clone Wars, um, Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is a Cartoon Network show that we mentioned earlier, Parks and Recreation, um, and then Sherlock. And oh, I like Sherlock. I think I don't know if Sherlock would be. I don't think Sherlock would be in my top five. I don't think Clone Wars would be in my top five either. Mm. Um, I put Sherlock sort of in a similar category of like Black Mirror, where it's actually kind of like watching a bunch of shorter movies. Oh no, it's like watching a bunch actual of movies. <laughs> actual movies. Yeah. So the every Sherlock episode, if you don't know, is an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's hard to consider it a TV show. Yeah. You it's know? it's it's very good. It. The first season, I think, is definitely the best. Um, and, yeah. like, really hooked the audience in the first season. Um, who knows, which came out in 2010. Who knows if we'll ever see more um, Sherlock on air. 
But it, the, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely suggest watch the first season. It's very good. Friends mm-hmm. is also going to be up there. Yeah, um, Friends is so good. Yeah, I think that I think that would be it. That's my good top stuff. five in air quotes. That I, it wasn't actually a top five. Um, so I have another question. Okay. Um, how can attributes of TV, TV shows be implemented more into digital social media content? So like what, what unique qualities um, of like TV shows or traditional TV content, how can that be used in more modern digital age, digital age content like you and me make? Well, I think one thing is the, uh, that, that no real YouTuber, at least that I know of, is is doing is the re- sort of release schedule of TV now hmm. releasing a season at, at a, a time. time you know oh, like no there's no one who's who you know there's no for example i mean a vlog is probably a bad example of this because that normally goes like day by day or week by week yeah. but there's no one who has a quote unquote youtube show or a series on their youtube channel where they upload nine videos at, at a once time, yeah. and just let people watch it. Like Shane Dawson's doing, does his docu series, right. but he releases those. Over he the still course. releases them individually. He releases right. them individually, right. where it's like, why doesn't he drop his new Jake Paul one all at once, hmm. just to see what would happen? What would happen? Yeah, you know, because I think, I think thinking about you, your YouTube channel, and specifically different shows or segments on your YouTube channel as a TV show yeah. and what would that look like? Like, I, I mean, I'm not sure if Casey was the first one to do this, but when he f- started treating his vlog as like season one and season yeah. two, yeah. that was a very interesting concept concept yeah. to me. So do you think that if Shane Dawson was to drop his Jake Paul series at one time later down the road when it's all finished, do you think that would negatively impact viewership in any way? I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe, but also I think it's more likely that people would watch every single episode episode because think about it when, with the idea of binge watching, yeah. it's like I get sucked into the universe. So I just watch the next one. Sure. I just watch the next one. Sure. Whereas if I sit down and I watch the first one and I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for the next one to come out. But a week later, I might not be thinking about it. I might not be in a place or time in my life where I'm able to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Whereas if you dropped everything at once, people might just get kind of sucked into that universe and yeah. then they're there for four hours or interesting. however long. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that could be cool. I feel like it, it would be cool to see someone experiment with that at some point. Mm-hmm. There's also not a lot of... Uh, so there, there is so much television that is obviously fictional. Pretty much every show that we've talked about thus far we've only talked about fictional television we haven't talked about reality tv much we haven't talked about talk shows or anything like that but then but there's a documentaries documentaries docuseries but there's plenty of that on traditional television there's plenty of so much reality tv there's so much docuseries so many you know you just look it up like myth shows like mythbusters even or you know whatever it is how it's made stuff like that there's so much stuff like that However, if you think about it, the digital platforms like like YouTube or even people who have like sort of like Facebook shows or whatever it might be, all of that is nonfiction. Yeah. Really. Yeah. There's not a lot of I mean, the there, closest thing you get is like YouTubers who do like sketch comedy type videos. Like Lily Singh occasionally yeah. will do like scripted a scripted like sketch yeah. sort of thing. But you don't really I mean on YouTube you don't get any sort of like 
fictional yeah. stories right. being told. It Ex- is and, all... Unless it's like sometimes like short films or, or like yeah. But even then, even that's rare. Even on then, YouTube. it's more of like a video essay. Yeah. On something. Yeah. You know, I, which I, I is something that I've thought about a lot and wanted to explore a little bit more is like, can I do a scripted sketch? Can I even do like a short, like full episode of something? Yeah. Um, to just see what would happen in like doing a completely fictional YouTube piece outside of YouTube Red. Yeah, cause, yeah, because the that's the only place it's happening really on YouTube mm-hmm. is when YouTube as this big company funds right. the project, and I, it's a it's a really interesting conundrum. Is like how can we as independent creators can we still do fiction like we do nonfiction? Yeah, well, because it's like they do a lot of independent creators they do nonfiction really well, mm-hmm. but with nonfiction like you don't need a script writer yeah. you don't need a write like a room of writers to come up with a storyboard and you don't necessarily have to think about this overarching plot over a season yeah. and you know i think that you don't we, need actors yeah you, you know all of those things. i think that we hold fiction to a lot higher standard than we hold nonfiction, at least on youtube specifically like obviously if, if there's a documentary on TV or Netflix, we're going to hold it to a high standard. Mm-hmm. But on YouTube, because there's so little of it, and like because we're so used to seeing these prof- very professional yeah. fiction shows, mm-hmm. like Stranger Things... Like, how- why would I watch this guy's random show in his basement when I can watch The Crown, which costs $120 million a season right. to make? Right. You know? Yeah. And has Academy Award winning actors in it. Yeah. But, the, I mean, I think the same case could have also been made several years ago about nonfiction television. Absolutely. Like, why would, why would I watch Good Mythical Morning at the very beginning of it when I could have just watched whatever the network TV equivalent of right. it would have been? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, 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 Mythbusters or, like, a, something like that. That's why I think that it's, it's definitely a market that has yet to be tapped yeah. on, on YouTube because it's a market that is, I think... We don't think can happen. We mm-hmm. don't think can really grow on, yeah. in a space with independent creators like YouTube because traditionally TV shows are so expensive. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I think perhaps part of it might start with a traditional showrunner or someone who has created TV in the past, fictional television, like an episodic TV show, mm-hmm. deciding to do one on a more digital platform like YouTube, which we see that sort of happening with when Netflix started making their own shows yeah, and Hulu and Amazon yeah. making their own shows. Does fictional television make its way all the way to something like YouTube for independent creators to begin to start making? Because at the beginning, Netflix was like this cool, independent, underground house of cards thing. And now it's as big, if not bigger, of a media conglomerate than the NBCs and they, you know, all if of you, them. If you want to see, hear more about Netflix, check out Media High episode two, where we talk all things streaming that's services. That's right, that's right. But yeah, that, that, that's something I never really thought about, uh, thought about before. Why hasn't fiction episodic television made its way onto YouTube. digital platforms like YouTube? Yeah. That's an yeah. interesting thought. Um, so going back to more traditional TV. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite genre? Mm, well, I mean, I don't know. I think it for me it depends on what I'm looking for. Okay. You know. Yeah. Because I think movies, and I I contrast it with movies because often the two get lumped together. You yeah. Know, TV and movies. 
I, 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 when I want to watch, I guess it depends on like what kind of mood I'm in with a movie too. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes I'm in the mood for a deep, you know, Oscar type movie. Other times I'm like, I just want to watch an action movie or I just yeah. want to watch a comedy. Oh, for sure. You know? So I think it, but, but the difference is I think with TV viewership, at least in my life, it's way more about my environment and who I'm surrounded by that will change what I view and what I watch. Yeah. Which maybe that works with movies a little bit. But for example, like New Girl, I don't ever really sit down and watch New Girl for me by myself. Like Aaron and I will watch it together and we'll watch it like to go to sleep. You know, there's there's TV shows. Literally, it should be a genre of like fall asleep to this. Yeah. Like Netflix should create that playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's that's what those shows are. They're shows that you have probably watched before that you rewatch because they're light, they're fun, they're easy, and you can fall asleep while watching. Yeah. Then there's like serious viewership shows that, but I want to watch them with a group. Game of Thrones is that for me. I want to watch Game of Thrones, and I want to watch, you know, Westworld or something like that. I want to watch those shows with a group, but I'm invested in the world. Yeah. Then there's shows that like are just my own sort of thing, like BoJack. Like I actually don't want to watch BoJack with other people because it's what I do when I have like a Saturday to myself yeah. and I have a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so I don't know exactly what my favorite genre is. To get back to your question, I think it really depends on who's around me and what kind of environment I'm in. Yeah. You? Yeah, I I. Feel you. I think that the genre I go back to most often is probably comedy. Yeah. Um, because I'm a sucker for The Office and Parks and Rec and Friends and even like Bob's Burgers. Um, like just, I think that comedy is like the easiest to consume. Um, Do you I'm, consume it casually or are you like, do you watch a show like Bob's Burgers, the same way you watched a show like Newsroom. No, I What's the it, de- it depends. I mean, it, for the if I'm watching it for the first time, then yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm watching it. Um, my attention is wrapped. Like I'm I'm fully in the show. But if I but it also depends. Like if if I am watching, even if I'm watching it for the first time, but I'm watching it like with my family or with my friends mm-hmm. or I'm like cooking or something, it, it is gonna be different. Whereas with a show like Newsroom, I'm there's never gonna be a point, even when I'm rewatching it, I'm never not gonna be in the living room, sitting on the couch. Watching Fully the TV, engrossed. right? You're never. Ca- I don't casually turn on a show right. like Newsroom, right? And that because actually... because it is, it's a commitment. I mean, yeah. it's it's an hour of really dense, often material, mm-hmm. um, very character driven, yeah. And, and and I think for me, that's actually how I measure like my favorite comedies. Okay, because I watch shows like Veep and BoJack the way that I watch okay a show like Game of Thrones or or a newsroom. Yeah. Like I am, I sit down and that's the main thing that's happening for me at that moment. Yeah. It is not background while I do something else. It's not just so I can fall asleep to it. I watch it as though it were a hard hitting drama. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I guess that's how I measure my comedies that it's I like. Comedy. <laughs> what's a, what's a genre you want to see more of on TV? Hmm. I miss, this is, very strange and taking us into a new area we haven't gone before. Did you ever watch ESPN's 30 for 30s? No. 
So ESPN did this project a while ago called 30 for 30, where they took 30 sports stories and 30 famous film directors, and they paired a sports story with a film director, and they made like a 30 to... 30 minute to an hour documentary about it. Oh, interesting. So there's like an OJ one. There's one about the uh, the Fab Five, which was uh, in the 90s, the University of Michigan basketball team. There's just a bunch yeah. of them. So the, about the Red Sox, the film, di- the film director makes a documentary about Make it? Make a documentary about it. And they were so good. Um, and they don't necessarily make them... They make like 30 for 30 productions now, but they're yeah. not necessarily as good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I miss, like, sports docuseries like that. Because I actually really love them. Like, Last Chance You, shouts to Last Chance You, is is probably in my, like, top 20 shows of all time. It is a sports docuseries about junior college football. Yeah. And the reason I like it is because I think sports, to me, has some of the best stories in a mix of what happens in the games, but also the people. Yeah. And you don't get that just when you're watching the game. Yeah. You know, just watching a game in and of itself is a great story. But then when you get the behind the scenes of it and you get yeah. to meet the people who are in the game, that creates this like gripping television experience yeah. that I just don't really see a lot of people doing that much anymore. Like you can watch Last Chance You, uh, HBO does Hard Knocks every year, right. which they go sort of behind the scenes of NFL training camp. Um, Amazon does a thing called, I think it's, what is it? Is it called Against All Odds? I think it's called Thursday Night Football. (laughs) (laughs) No, they have like an Against All, I think it's called Against All Odds or something like that, um, where they do a similar thing with football teams and things like that. But there's just not a whole lot of it, and I would watch those like crazy. And I I think it's clear that there's demand for it by how many movies there are. Mm. In that same string, like The Blind Side, doing yeah. like a movie about a specific athlete or situation, mm-hmm. um, facing the Giants. Little Giants is mm. a. <laughs> oh, I love Little Giants. <laughs> Little Giants is quite the classic. Yes, it is. Um, it's about two Pee Wee football teams yes. going head to head. I should. We should rewatch that at some point. I think we should do an entire episode. Analyzing Little Giants. The annexation of Puerto Rico. Oh my gosh, it's so good. But there are so many movies um, in that string of like, Mm -hmm. not just sport. Leatherheads is a great example too, where it's going more into the characters of these athletes, Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily just the stats of the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want more sports docuseries shows because I think they're... I, I treat those like a lot of people treat like, the Making a Murderer docuseries. Yeah. You know, people get so obsessed with those. I just get obsessed in the same way, but yeah. with See, sports ones. For me, I treat your sports documentaries like design documentaries. Oh, like abstract? Like abstract yeah. is my favorite doc series. It's so good. Yeah. The Tinker Hatfield episode. I haven't watched the whole t- thing. Okay. I've only watched a couple. The, that's, I think, the best one. It's... So Abstract is a Netflix documentary series about different designers in different design fields. So um, like shoe design, architecture, photography, illustration, set design. Could not be more up your alley. Um, it's They might as well call it Chris Schwar's yeah. dream. When, when they released it, I watched all of it in, in a day. Um, it's so good. Yeah. Um, so like that's... But I feel like I... But I agree. Like I, I really appreciate... Um, sports documentaries as well. Did you watch the Bears Packers game? Uh, kind of, not really. Oh, John, John, kind of, not really. 
It was brutal. I know. <laughs> I watched the highlights. Trust As me. two Chicagoans, the first Bears game against Packers, rough one, was real. Was really a great one, and which <laughs> and then got really, really rough. Another genre I was just thinking about that I would like to see more. I want to see more book to screen TV shows. That's what I want to see more of because I've come to the opinion lately that I think. If you're going to do a book to screen, I think you should always do it as a TV show. Hmm. Because when I think about book to screen adaptations, and I think about the ones I've enjoyed the most, probably every single one of them besides Lord of the Rings has been a TV show. Yeah. Because a book, all the, the disappointment from book to screen in terms of a movie always for me is that they don't go in depth enough. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough time in an hour and a half or two hours or even two and a half hours. And because of, and because of that, what frustrates me the most in movies is the changes they make. Yeah, so they make changes like in Ready Player One or because, something like that. Because they have to because they don't have time. Yeah, but with a season of television, yeah. you can tell that story over the course of 10 hours for sure. or 13 hours as opposed or this, more or more like, if you you know if you want to spread it out over a couple yeah. seasons perfect example is sharp objects which was on which I talked a little bit about I gave it a shout out I think on a previous episode yeah. as my pick of the week yeah. it's a Gillian Flynn novel but also there's another Gillian Flynn novel there's two others gone girl and dark places uh. dark places is not a good movie gone girl was a decent movie Sharp Objects, because it was a TV show, got to develop the characters and develop the story over an entire season of television, over eight hours, rather than two hours in Gone Girl. If Gone Girl had been a TV show, yeah. it would have blown up the whole freaking internet, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I would like to see more book-to-TV shows. However, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see you finish the book and finish the season of TV... And because it's popular, just add another season and yeah. then go beyond the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think series of unfortunate events is a is a good example too of, oh, yeah. of like a good transition from because that was it's a book series and what tried out as a movie series and failed, failed as a movie series, but then Netflix was like, let's do something fun with this. Yeah, um, yeah. And what I think I want to see more of is animation for teens. Animation for teens. Because there's animation for, like... Kids. Up to 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds mm-hmm. even, and then there's animation for adults in the Simpsons Family Guy, which, I mean, teens watch that all the time. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see a, a genre more along the lines of... Clone Wars was very ahead of, ahead of its time, I mm-hmm. think, in that it was technically a kid's animated show but geared very much towards teenagers. Yeah. Um, or at least a, appealed very much to teenagers. And I think that the my brilliant Game of Thrones as an animated <laughs> show idea is a perfect example of what I would want to see because animation has literally endless possibilities yeah. of what you can do as a spectacle on the screen. And teenagers want a spectacle, but they also want a good story. And they want good characters, and they want grittier content. Do you think part of the reason that those don't exist is because as a teenager, as someone who's 14, 15, 16, 17, you're just coming out of that kid era where you mostly watched animated television? And so to watch an animated TV show feels like you're watching a kid's show? Whereas by the time you're 22, 23, 24, 
you've kind of gotten over that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and you actually kind of want the nostalgia maybe a little bit, yeah. but you also want adult content. Do you think maybe that's part of the reason? Maybe. But I mean, look at the style of anime. I mean, that yeah. there's But I think you're everything you're talking about is a fantasy, which that's almost like like what if Riverdale tried to become an animated show? But I think would I, that work as mainstream? No. You know? I think it's because animation lends itself so well to fantasy, mm-hmm. to sci-fi because you can do things that you can't do on the same budget yeah. with with live action. So something like Riverdale, you don't need animation. Yeah. You can you can have more real in quotation marks, real feeling characters with live action mm-hmm. than you necessarily can. But I'm with saying animation. is it is it even is it even possible to serve the audience of a Riverdale and the 13 Reasons Why with an animated series? Yeah, I don't know. You know, that know. that would be a Yeah. I think that's an interesting dilemma. Yeah. Um, we are gonna head into the break. John, wanna introduce the segment? This is two minute tech talk. <laughs> Welcome to Two Minute Tech Talk covering the latest in media technology. Let's talk about Apple. On September 12th, Apple held their 2018 launch event in the Steve Jobs Theater in Cupertino, California. In the two-hour keynote, Apple released three new phones, the iPhone XS starting at $999, the iPhone XS Max starting at $1099, and the iPhone XR starting at $749. You may think these extremely high prices are disappointing, but that's not all. Most see the XS and XS Max as just minor incremental upgrades not worth the price tag if you already have an iPhone 10 from last year, which, by the way, Apple has now stopped selling. The cameras on both the XS and Max are the same, keeping with the 12 megapixel layout. A new portrait mode feature caught viewers' attention as you can now adjust the blurriness or bokeh of the background after you've taken the picture, allowing for a lot of flexibility, a feature seen in only a rare few cameras and phones up to now. This and some other processing features are thanks to the new A12 Bionic chip in the phone said to perform up to 5 trillion operations per second. Which, uh, what? The 10s Max also features the biggest battery in an iPhone ever and a screen larger than the Note 9 at 6.5 inches on the diagonal. The iPhone XR was more of a surprise, coming in six colors, red, yellow, black, white, blue, and coral. This, quote, budget phone, unquote, is meant to be for those not willing to dish out $1,000 plus on the latest and greatest, but with competitors like the OnePlus and Poco F1 dropping below $600, many were hoping for a lower price tag on the XR. Apple also unveiled the latest in their watch department with the release of the Series 4 Apple Watch. Many saw the newest wearable as even more exciting than the iPhones, with The Verge saying that the Apple Watch, quote, became undoubtedly the most sought-after gadget in the aftermath of Apple's fall hardware refresh, unquote. With a bigger screen, stronger waterproofing, better speakers, and new hardware that turns your watch into a mobile EKG, the first of its kind, this new watch even turns the heads of non-iPhone users like me. Should Apple just make watches from now on? Will next year's iPhones be more exciting? We'll just have to see. That's all for this week on Tech Talk. Stay tuned next time for the latest in media technology. John, we're back. Thank the Lord. <laughs> How was it? It was good. It, yeah. I want you all to know, I legitimately leave the room every time we do this. Le- 
Every time. <laughs> every time. And I, I, it hurts every time. <laughs> it, it hurts me. Um, so I want to start this second half back going over a couple of statistics. Oh, fun. Um, so I wanted to see what are the highest rated TV shows ever. Oh, fun. Um, so According I went to, to who? According to IMDb. Oh, fine. Yeah, fine. We'll take it. So IMDb um, has a list of the top rated TV shows with votes, like with over 10,000 votes. So it's okay. like, this is a pretty wide, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. It's, now, before we even start, we should say the number one movie of all time, according to IMDb, is Shawshank Redemption. And has been for forever. If you so, say a bad word against Shawshank Redemption. Take that with a grain of salt. Oh my gosh. I'm not, uh, Shawshank Redemption is a great movie. Is it the greatest movie ever? Maybe. Made? Maybe not though. It may I'm be. I'm just saying, take all this with a grain of salt. I do. Take it with one single grain of salt. <laughs> okay. IMDb, the top 10 TV shows of all time. Number mm-hmm. one was a really big surprise. It's The Filthy Frank Show. What is that? What is that? That sounds I like have a, a spinoff of Epic Meal Time. I yeah I no I honestly had never heard of this before. What is it? Um, it's a fictional show. It says short comedy fantasy. The description is: Filthy Frank and his disease-ridden friends talk about various topics and take part in multiple life-threatening shenanigans. Wow! What even does that mean? I have no so idea. So it aired um, for seven seasons, 2011 to 2017. But it's 12, 12 minute episodes. Right. I don't, I honestly don't understand. But it has 29,000 votes rated at 9.7 out of 10. Well, however, look at the amount of votes right. for that versus number right. two. So number two. Which has over a million. Yeah. Number two is Game of Thrones. Um, not surprising. N- not, not surprising at all. Rated at 9.5. Breaking Bad is number three, which used to be number one. Yeah. Um, but That's Breaking Bad is number three, also at 9.5. Rick and Morty, also a surprise to me, was at number four. Um, That's not a surprise to really? me. Really? I've never I, seen it. I don't watch Rick and Morty, but I know it's hugely oh, popular. Yeah, right. People are obsessed with it right. and love it. Um, so Rick and Morty is rated at 9.3, which has... That's so. Both Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad have over a million votes, and Rick and Morty only has three hundred thousand. And no, yep, none of the others even come close to a million votes. Probably because of how many people just watched. simply how many people have watched right. Game of Thrones right. and Breaking Bad. Um. So number five is The Wire, um, coming at nine point three. Number six and number seven are both Cosmos. So number six is the newer one, twenty fourteen. Um, to now is at 9.3 mm. and then Cosmos from 1980 is number seven and nine at 9.3 mm. as well, which w- was a surprise to me. Yeah. It's cool to see a nonfiction or in, a documentary series right. in, in the top 10. Yeah. Um, huh. number eight is Sherlock, um, at 9.2. Number nine is the Sopranos at 9.2 as well. And here is the definitive proof, everyone. Here is the definitive proof that Avatar The Last Airbender is one of, if not the greatest animated TV show in history. The number 10 spot in history TV shows goes to Avatar The Last Airbender, the animated series, 9.2. That being said, it is on the same list that number one on that list is The Filthy Frank Show. Yeah. (laughs) Which... 
You're right. No one has ever heard of it. You're right. I think we've got a lot more votes coming for Filthy Frank and lower that score down. I don't know. I'm going to watch Filthy Frank. I think that we need to come back to this in like a couple months and see if Filthy Frank has still got that top spot. Yeah. A couple of honorable mentions because I like them. Um, (laughs) Number five, (laughs) number 55 is Young Justice at 8.7. Number 74 is, what is it? What is it, John? The newsroom. It's the newsroom at 74. The newsroom, Jeff Daniels. Oh, so good. With 8.6. And then number 185 with 8.3 is Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Oh, look at you. Um, so those are your top 10 plus 55 plus 74 plus 185. How do you, what do you think about the top 10? Um, it, I mean, that's very strange. Because yeah. I looked at a bunch of lists of... Like lists from Time Magazine, lists on oh, Rotten Tomatoes, okay. lists on Reddit, like a lot of critics lists and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, what's not surprising is to see Game of Thrones, to see The Wire, to see Breaking Bad, to see The Sopranos, you know, all of those. That's not surprising at all. Uh, like I said, Rick and Morty is not that surprising to me just because I feel like that is a... It's It's like the... It's such a it has such a cult following. Yeah, I think. I think I'm just surprised to see it in the number four and yeah. really number three because we're throwing out Filthy Frank. <laughs> I think people who like anyone who likes Rick and Morty though loves Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's it is a hardcore. You it, love or you hate it. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a cult following for sure type of thing. So, but the surprise like Cosmos is a huge surprise to me. Both of them. Just because I've both never, of them. I've never watched it. Neither have I. Never really cared. Sherlock is a huge surprise. Really, to me. I'm. I wasn't surprised by Sherlock. Only because as good as Sherlock is, yeah, there's like ten other shows that basically do the same thing with just shorter episodes. Yeah, like Newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the same thing in terms of like. Mystery and you know all yeah. of that stuff. We're like, gonna count up how many times I've said newsroom in this episode. <laughs> Keep a newsroom count, but yeah, but you know Sherlock doesn't show up in those yeah. in those other lists. Yeah, you know, interesting. Those other lists have you know shows like I mean we said The Sopranos. I'm trying to think of the other ones. Um, some newer ones for sure. I mean the. And you don't see Rick and Morty on a lot of the other lists. Yeah. You see Simpsons, you see Family Guy, you know, things like that. What are you looking at right now? So this is another list on IMDb. Um, I don't really understand the differentiation here. As rated, The top 250 as rated by IMDb users. Oh. Um, so number one on here is Planet Earth 2. Number two is Band of Brothers. Number Apparently three is Planet Earth. Apparently, people who use IMDb really love the nature Earth. documentaries. <laughs> We've got Cosmo, both Cosmos in one list and both Planet Earth in the other list. Yes, yeah, five of the top ten on this list are Planet Earth, oh Planet gosh. Earth 2, Cosmos, Cosmos, and Blue Planet 2. Like, what? I want to point out, and Human Planet is number 16. I want to point out that and Avatar... And is 14. That Avatar is... Still in the top 13 in this oh, list. There's no, I mean, it's good. It's good. We Have get you it. Get over seen it. it. I'm sure it's great. But Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad are obviously still, and Rick and Morty are still. I mean, this list is generally the same. Yeah. With the addition of both Planet Earths for some wow, reason that's and so Band strange. of Brothers. Have you seen Band of Brothers? I have not, actually. It's, it's, it's the first episode is really good. Hmm. Um, that's pretty wild. 
Yeah, that's I'm surprised. Okay, here's uh, going back. So we did our sort of I did my top five. We talked about our favorite all time sort of TV shows. Yeah. L- Another discussion I always like to have, what is your favorite or some of your favorite seasons of television? Because for me, that's very different than okay. my favorite shows. And also, can you think about any like favorite episodes of television? I can say my fav- one of my favorite, probably not my favorite of all time, but one of my favorite seasons of television ever is season one of Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Like, I was so engrossed in season one of Heroes. Mm. That was the first time I, I think I think I was probably like 15 or 16 when it came out. And it was the first time that I ever th- thought about a season of television as yeah. being something I could enjoy as one as whole one entity, yeah. you know? And I was engrossed with it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Also, season four of Game of Thrones, because that is like Peter Dinklage's height mm-hmm. in that show. That's big Tyrion's big, big moments as a character. Um, and just like heartbreaking episodes in season four of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think that the, maybe the only one I can point to clearly is, um, season three and season four of Avatar. Mm. Um, but especially season four. I mean, it just is, is, it really is different from the rest of the series in, um, the animation itself, how impressive it is. Um, in the development of the characters and the development of the story, mm. um, how different it is in like in its in its story, but in its setting as well um, from the rest of the series. Season four really just is unique to to animation, I think, um, and I think that's the only one that I can point to like, favorite really specific episodes. Um, season four, episode twelve of Friends. Whoa. The one you with... You came out off the top of your head. The one with Phoebe's uterus is the title. <laughs> um, it is the episode in which... Okay. In which they have, um, like, a game show in their living room about who who are better friends. Okay. Um, and they're fighting for the apartment. And, like, they bet the apartment. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. That's good stuff. Um, dinner Party from the Office is... Hard yeah, to watch every time, but it's beautiful. Everyone loves that episode. That's like the episode everybody points to. Yeah, but all um, there are a few in the office that I, I can Office point Olympics. To. Office Olympics is great. That's, another, that's that's like, what what season is Dinner Party in? Oh, it was before, maybe four. Okay, because Office Olympics is season one. Yeah, which it was like incredible. So early to have an episode yeah. that was that good. Have you looked back at season one and seen how trash it looks like? Like the lighting <laughs> and the cameras. Yeah, it's it pretty crazy. So bad. Also, how many random people there are in the office mm-hmm. that are never seen? Like are You're never gone seen again. after season one. So good. Um, some of my favorite episodes of all time. Uh, one, the Thanksgiving episode in Master of None. Um, okay. Which is Aziz Ansari's television show on Netflix. Um, on Netflix, Thanksgiving. It it's one of those episodes that really just takes a total break from the plot, and just develops one sort of sub character. Really interesting. Uh, it is so good. It it won. I believe it won an Emmy for uh, script writing. It is a great episode. Another one I just recently watched is season four, episode eleven of BoJack. It's called Time's Arrow. Which I'm going to pair this with another episode 
that um, I just watched last night. But Time's Arrow is basically the backstory of Bojack's mother and who has dementia. And it tells the story of... It tells her backstory, but jumps time like you are inside the mind of someone who has dementia. So it jumps time, it mixes characters in time. Like she has conversations with her son who is fully grown, thinking it's her husband, thinking it's 1950. Like, so, so confusing. There's also um, a show called Castle Rock, which Aaron and I just finished last night. We just finished season one. And there is an episode in there, I believe it's season one, episode eight, which is a very similar thing. Yeah. It basically is an entire episode in the mind of someone who has dementia, yeah. told from their point of view. And that being used to tell a story was like captivating and tragic at the same time. So those are episodes that I always remember and always point to for sure. I have to say season two of Young Justice as well. It's um, just to like uh, to throw that out there. I think it's interesting that both of mine are animation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have another question. What movie or movie franchise do you want to see as a TV show? Lord of the Rings, baby. That's what I was going to say. Lord of the Rings. Oh and it's gosh. happening. It's happening on Amazon, right? Yeah. Do you know when that's happening? I don't. I need to write it in my calendar. Is it animated? No. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's live action. Live action? Um, Is it any of the same... Oh, I have no idea. I don't think they've put out, like, any information except for the fact that it's... Like, is it Peter Jackson? Am I going to see Sean Astin as Samwise again? I I hope it's not Peter Jackson. Yeah. I lost a lot of faith in him in the Habit movies. Oh, yeah. A lot of faith. They weren't great, but it it was a similar thing. The Hobbit is the same as Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. (laughs) <laughs> sure we just, just want to see more of that world just want more of that universe oh right? yeah it's kind of like the, the give us anything as the, long as it put us in middle earth it's fantastic beasts and where to find them you know i just i just want more yeah i just want yeah. more of that I, we were just talking about that yesterday how we just want to see fantastic beasts too just because we love the world yeah that's like the whole reason i just want i just want to see Jude Law play young Dumbledore. Yep. That's all I want in my life. Um, yeah, so that's a great. I was thinking Lord of the Rings as well. I think that I really hope that Amazon pulls through, pulls it off, because yeah. it could be brilliant. Even though I think what's funny about that is I was talking earlier about best of sort of book to screen things that have happened. I honestly I think Lord of the Rings is one of if not the best book to movie ever. You yeah. know, like I just love those, but. I, I also asked, just want to see more. Oh, for sure. I <laughs> asked know. my sister. I asked my sister what she thought. She's a big reader. Um, what she thought was the best book to movie, and she said The Help, which I have not read the book. Oh, I haven't read The Help. Yeah, but she yeah. said it was like spot on. I really. I. This is going into a different conversation. I haven't. I along with all books should be made into TV shows. My caveat to that is or they should shoot two versions of the movie. They shoot the theatrical version, and then they shoot the book verbatim. And you release it later on. Do you know how expensive that would be, John? Oh, so expensive. And it's not profitable at all. (laughs) But I'm just saying, I would watch the six-hour version of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, for sure. Like, I would watch it. 
Or like the nine hour version of Order of the Phoenix because yeah. it's the longest book. Absolutely. Oh my god. But gosh. you shoot it verbatim. One hundred percent. That matter. would be amazing. Yeah. Can we in um, can we not have Bellatrix Lestrange like going to the burrow and burning the fields down yeah. whenever that happened in the movies? Mm-hmm. I think that I just left. <laughs> when I was watching it. You but don't out. worry, all of this conversation and more coming in a future episode. We've plugged this one episode that's coming, <laughs> I think, in every episode. You can tell we're both very excited about the book-to-movie transition episode. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, I-, I think that, um, like, Marvel has already been made into TV shows many mm-hmm. times. I think that Star Wars will be interesting, a live-action Star Wars, which yeah. Disney is doing. But, yeah, I, I like, Lord of the Rings, that is the one we're missing. That's also, the one big franchise. We're I think missing. they should make Aragon into Have you read a Aragon? TV show. Yeah. Love it. So good. It's one of my favorite book series yep. of all time. Me too. Okay, can't wait to talk to you more about that on the the but also oh like my gosh. Ta- speaking of book to movie, one of the worst oh, book to movie so ever bad. ever made. So bad. But I think it would do so well as a TV show. And it it really yeah. what it could be is yeah. it could be Game of Thrones for teenagers. Is it animated? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I think that's a show that could do really well. Animated. Oh, for sure. Aragon. It's it's like it's like How to Train Your Dragon meets Game of Thrones meets everything right about uh, fantasy. About fantasy. <laughs> yep. A meet, but yeah. I would love to see Aragon as a TV. Yeah, show. absolutely. I'd be all. I would it. also um, really like to see just Harry Potter as a TV show, which I think has mm-hmm. been talked about before. I think they they got to do like a something in the Harry Potter universe. In the, yeah, not no 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 not like. Like, you gotta do a history of magic, the TV show. I, okay, I would love to see, this is mixing of many things, this is my big takeaway for the week, a sports, a fictional sports documentary of Quidditch. Quidditch through the ages, that would be awesome. A TV show, a fictional TV show of Quidditch. They should make also another, we're just... Yeah, how amazing would that be? So good. A Quidditch TV show. Well, because she's she, yeah, because she's she has all the history written. She's still writing. She it. she's still creating it. Like <sighs> she knows what happens in like the 2014 Quidditch oh World Cup. Oh my gosh! You know, guys, 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 petition JKR. <laughs> we need a Quidditch TV show. You know what show. they should also do? They should create a animated TV show of the Beetle and Bard. Uh, stories. Oh yeah, that would be fun. That'd be really short, like of yeah. Beetle, of Beetle the Bard, or just yeah. like a like a few episodes. Yeah, like a like series. a short series. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, just I think do more. Harry <laughs> Potter is. I think that I just want. Yeah, Harry Potter is the king of the world <laughs> as a series. Um, so, John, where do you see TV shows in five years? TV shows in five years will. I think continue to heighten as an art form. Yes. That's one thing that's for sure. Because it used to be, especially for actors, like when you were washed up from making movies, you, you went would go to TV. To TV. Or to TV. if you hadn't quite made it yet in movies, you would do TV. Yeah. That has totally changed as now we see huge actors going and purposefully choosing to do TV shows. Yeah. You know, purposefully, like choosing to be a part of. A season of television, yeah, um, and we see shows because they're getting so good. Yeah, well, and we see shows being as critically, you know, uh, renowned as some of our best movies. Uh, now, I wonder if certain genres, 
Because there are certain genres that I think are still better as movies that TV just hasn't figured out. For example, superheroes and yeah. action and action specifically. We haven't figured out how to tell a 10-hour version of Fast and the Furious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like action movies and things like that, they're still it's still all in movies. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if in five years we will have figured that out. Yeah. And we'll have yeah. our first I mean, think about the superhero TV shows, live action ones I'm talking yeah, about. I'm not talking about it's you know it's often a each episode is its own battle. And, and I know people love on. the flash and and stuff like that. But but with those it's it's it is really hard to do a big narrative arc, which I mean it's there are so many great examples in the comics of big narrative arcs, but in a TV show, they haven't figured out how to do it. Of It's just like, I'm going to fight this bad guy in this episode. I'm mm. going to fight this bad guy in this episode. This guy comes back again, getting at him. Yeah. It's just, it's very individual in the episodes. I also think, speaking of the Emmys, I think the docu-series Emmy is, and just the docu-series genre is only going to get bigger. Yeah. And it's only going to get more popular. To the point, I think that I think docu series in five years will perhaps replace reality TV as I the hope most so. as the most popular nonfiction oh, I hope type so. of television. I, I still so. I know that reality TV is still immensely Huge. popular, yeah. way more popular than I even realize. But part of me really hopes that in five years, yeah. things like a Making a Murder or Last Chance You. Or abstract, or abstract yeah. will have overtaken things like Survivor or Big Brother or Keeping Up with the Kardashians, even though that's always going to be the biggest <laughs> thing in the world. Yeah. What about um, you? For me, I think that in five years we will have a full fidelity Quidditch TV show. Yes, and please. If, and if we don't, I will cry a little bit. I think, I, but I do think that we'll see more franchises and books and movies coming to the TV genre because mm-hmm. I think it's a. It really is an excellent place for it because you can tell longer stories. Yeah, you can 100%. go more percent with it. 100%. Um, I've got one more question before we go into our pick of the week. Okay. John, what show were you, like just one show that you were mm-hmm. really excited for that disappointed you? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Man, I give up on shows so fast if they don't. Like, if they don't hook you, if they don't hook me, oh, I'm one hundred percent so done so fast. What is your? What are your? What's your? Jack Ryan, you started it. I started it and I don't like it because because we should all support John Krasinski and everything he does. We should all support John Krasinski, but I have to be honest, he does not act very well in this show. It's bad. It's that's it, sad. It's not very good. That's it's, really sad. I mean, I maybe I'll give it a couple more episodes. But I, I don't love That's it. So and I thought that I would love it. But have you started it yet? I have not. And now I may not. Well, I don't want to put prejudice in your mind. Uh, it's already there. Well, you planted a seed. I, I'm sorry. You planted a seed. I'm sorry. I thought that you would have started it by now. No, I didn't. I didn't. For all of you who haven't started Jack Ryan yet, I'm sorry. It's rough. But it's rough. it was disappointing. Maybe you'll like it more. Maybe it's just not my cup of tea. We'll just have to see. Uh, I have... Okay, I have one that's... Uh, yeah. Gonna be controversial, I okay. think, in your mind. Oh, Series on unfortunate events. Oh, okay. No, that's not. I don't actually watch it. You I don't know? really like it very much. Okay, I thought I was like when the way you talked about it earlier, I thought maybe right. You did. Yeah, I, I watched the first two, and I was like, 
I was so excited for it because I love those books. Yeah. I like I liked the movies. Yeah. Or movie. I don't even know if they I made. I don't know multiple. if they made another. I liked the first movie. Sure. Uh, did not like the show. Yeah. I I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch it super much. I watched I, think, a, I watched a few episodes, um, but um, I think the reason I didn't like the show was because I am a huge Jim Carrey fan. Yeah, and I thought Jim Carrey as Count Olaf was so perfect and so awesome. Yeah, and I'm also on the other side of it, not a very big Neil Patrick Harris sure. fan. Sure, I just don't get it. Sure. So seeing him play a role that Jim Carrey had sort of originated. To I, be I honest, was, I didn't even know that it was Neil Patrick Harris who played it. It was set up to fail. For okay. Me, okay. For me. For you. Yeah. And that, yeah. Biggest I, fall off ever though, from season one to season two of Heroes. Okay. I gave up on Heroes for it being like my favorite TV <laughs> Bam, show. Bam. John dropped it. By season, <laughs> by like episode three of season two. No was like, chance. See ya. No chance. This is terrible. So what I did is I watched the first like four episodes of Heroes and then I watched the last episode of the series. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's my Heroes experience. Um, <laughs> great. Sometimes shows are disappointing. Sometimes John Krasinski isn't as good as you want oh, him to be. Sometimes John, we love Sometimes you. we have to give episodes a TV shows a couple more episodes before we give up on it. Imagine if people had given up on The Office after the first two That's episodes of, of it because they were bad. That's true. Parks, Parks and, and Rec. Rec. The first season of Parks, Parks and, Rec and Rec is not very good. It's not very good. Um, but yeah. The Wire, I hear, is like that as well. I hear you have to kind Get of... Get over The Wire? I'm it's gonna... The Wire this, The Wire that. I gotta watch it. <laughs> I've been saying this literally for five years. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go into our pick of the week. John, do you have your pick of the week? I do. So I kind of teased it earlier. My pick of the week, though, is... Is it The Wire? Is The Wire all five seasons? No. Uh, my pick of the week is Castle Rock on Hulu. Castle Rock. Castle Rock. It is Can based on... the R? Castle Rock. Castle Rock. Uh, it's based on a Stephen King novel. Oh, um, interesting. I don't know if it's specifically based on one novel as much as it's based on a universe and characters that he has created. Yeah. There but, are an incredible amount... Sorry, I'm interrupting. No, there fine. are an incredible amount of things that are based on Stephen King novels that Shawshank I Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Green Mile. This, um... It. Lots of other... It. Yes, it. Well, that's... <laughs> really? No. No, it was not. Oh, man. Um, Air just texted me, actually. So Castle Rock does not follow the plot of the book. It is just based off of Stephen King characters. It takes place at Shawshank Prison. Okay, apparently Erin is listening to our conversation. She is. She's listening to it. She's listening to it. Castle Rock is a Hulu show. It has Andre Holland and Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise in uh, in it. Yeah, okay. He... I drew him once as a commission. I never watched it, though. Well, oh, yeah. You might not like Castle Rock. It's Because it's Stephen King, it has elements of horror in it. But... I'm we, shaking my head with a frown on my we face. We watched all of season one this week. Uh, most oh. We watched most of it yesterday on Sunday. We just like binged like eight episodes or something. Uh, it's very, it's good. It's very good. It, and it has one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Wow. Um, it was the dementia episode, oh. which Sissy Spacek uh, also is in it. And it's, it's just heartbreaking. Like, it's heartbreaking and... Mm. Really, really. In in the midst of this, like, horror murder universe, there is this incredibly heartfelt, sad episode that really catches you off guard. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It got renewed for season two, so. Oh, great. Are you excited for it? Castle Rock. Yeah. Castle Rock. Around the rocks. The rugged, restful <laughs> rock. Um, yeah, my pick of the week is Binge Mode. It's a... Oh, nice. It's a pod, the podcast where they do different... 
in-depth looks at different series. The right ringer. now they're yeah from the Ringer. Um, right now they're on Harry Potter. I just started listening to it yesterday, and it is my. You just started yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> And it is my favorite thing in the world right now. It, I love it so much. It is for people who want to go in depth and get nerdy with and Harry Potter. Also, it's hear more Harry Potter than the average person. Funny wants. things. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've listened to the Harry Potter series. We have to stop talking about books. We'll get there. Yeah. I've listened to the Harry Potter series. Eight You're the. Times. This is your. I know. Pick of the week. Eight times though. Um. Binge mode. It's incredible. Go listen to it. It's very well produced. Yeah. Um, very highly produced. So that is episode three of binge mode. <laughs> <laughs> it was really on my mind. You can tell he's been listening to it. That is episode three of Media High, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, tune in next week for another topic. Whatever it's going to be, we are going to decide probably after we stop recording. Yeah, in like two minutes, we will have it, but you won't know until next week. Yep. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and do your review yeah. thing. Give us five stars and subscribe on every platform, wherever you listen to podcasts. Review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps a lot. Um, and stay tuned for next week. Bye, everybody. Don't do drugs. Just make stuff.